Welcome to Living from Heaven number seven. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I'm so excited about this one. There's just so many goodies here. It could be a little long. I might need to break it in half. We'll see how this goes. So here we go. The main point which I'm going to cover is who is God really? I'm going to talk about that just a bit. And then second are tutors to be under the tutelage of another being or person. So those are the two main points we're going to get to. However, obviously I've got some thoughts to share initially, and it looks like I'm going to share a longer one at the end, because some of these things you're going to need to go back to and listen uh, over and over again, because we're not going to put the words up for all of it. They're just snippets, especially here at the start. Here we go. First, any frustration or negativity is a sign of something in you needing death. You are your own worst enemy, not the external. You see, death is actually the equalizer. You can then just say, I'm wrong, or I've been wrong, I was wrong. It's such a freeing thing to begin to just say, I was wrong. And let me tell you the journey, you're gonna do it more and more and more. It's normal. I've believed lies that have been fed to me. Our world at this point in this stage doesn't like that. They want to stick and defend it. But the more you can just say, wow, I was lied to. Hmm. I was wrong. Not a big deal. You're going to be able to accelerate faster in that. Really, what's happening is there's a story in the Bible about building on the sand versus on the rock. And a lot of these things that we've built in, they're on the sand. Like they last, it's great to go to the beach, but when the storm comes, they're gone. And that's okay. So it's like, wow, we can just move up. We can build more on the rock than on the sand. So just get used to that. It's like, oh, okay, that was built on the sand. I didn't realize it. And move on. The journey is really about dying to so many of these frameworks that we have been given and believed. And so much of what Holy Spirit, the big spirit, the spirit, the one that's bigger than you, is trying to get you to do to say, hey, I've got something better for you. If you've seen the movie, The Lord of the Rings, especially the extended version, Gandalf starts out as Gandalf the Grey, and after he dies, he comes back as Gandalf the White. And there's a scene in the forest where they say, oh, you used to be Gandalf the Grey. And he pauses and he says, oh yeah, I have a memory of that. That's a beautiful picture of what's happening to us. We've died to be reborn into something new and the emotions are gone, but we are like, oh, oh yeah, that's who I used to be. It's not front and center in my soul anymore. Uh, Mike Parsons, years ago, uh, 2015, 16, I guess, uh, put out some teachings that really helped me and a group of us and it was the crossing the Jordan. There's a story where Israel comes out of Egypt and they go to the desert 
and they wander around for 40 years, yada, yada. But they come to the point where they have to cross the Jordan, and it's actually at flood stage. And so they have to step through it into the promised land. Whether you believe the story or not is not the important point, but there's an illustration here and a context for you in that we've been wandering around really in the desert. We've got certain things that have come to us. We've received things. We know how life works, but actually we're not meant to live there. And so when they crossed the Jordan, it was like a death, a baptism into a new land. And what happened was everything that was working before didn't work anymore and they had to rely moment by moment. Their food came to them differently. They uh, got sick, they had f to fight, they had enemies, they had giants, they had all these things which they didn't really have in the desert. Those things just came to them. And so this transition for you is really when you're beginning to step into these things, you're gonna hear see, experience more if you understand everything that I knew was good and it got me to this place, but I need to die to something to move into a land to learn everything new. Next part. So I'm reading a book, uh, There's No Plan B for Your A Game. Not recommending it or anything like that, I'm just saying there's a point in here and it talks about asking the question, how? How how am I going to do this? I guarantee I've never asked that question, at least not the way most people ask it. How is actually a losing question. When you ask it, you're not looking for a plan, you're looking for a way out. So pause for a second. When you say, how can I do this? How can I spend time meditating? How can I how can I do this? You're actually asking a question that provides a way out. And what I'm saying through that question, begin to frame to say, instead of how can I do this, you turn and say, how, how am I going to do this? It's an energy forward. There's no options. When you change the way you ask the how question, creation, everything around you responds because remember, you are a creator and those answers are going to come to you. So start asking yourself these questions. How am I asking the how question? Some of you right now are in the process and doing this and you're like, oh, it's too much or I don't have time to do this. That's your issue. Just name it. Say, oh my gosh. I need to fetter some things out and move into what I really, really want. Some of these things are waiting to come to you, like heaven is longing to bring you these things, but it's giving you the circumstances to clarify something that says, I'm going to shut everything out that is not in alignment with where I'm going. I'm not saying don't quit your job and, fan and all that. That's not the point. The point is when you clarify things and refocus and saying this is going to happen, it will manifest. So I'm going to read some things at this point. I'll number them because they're slightly different. But 
at the somewhere at the end of 2019 started 20 this is before the covid pandemic hit uh, the world actually david the dude in the bible uh, king david actually shared over the course of a couple days some very concise nuggets with me and I took those, I wrote them down, I articulated them just a bit better, and then I've just been chewing on them and chewing on them for quite a while. And recently, a week or so ago, David said, hey, I'd like you to read those. It's time and they can handle those. So <laughs> just to frame this a bit, this is what I heard. I'm not saying like you have to believe that David showed up in my room and did all this stuff. But take the wisdom and the frequency as you would like to. You don't have to believe everything I say. You ready for these? All right, here we go. Number one, there is no battle. To the degree that you believe that the battle is out there is the degree to the blindness in your own battle within yourself. It's only as difficult as your maturity level, your thoughts and emotions to everyone else and every circumstance is just a mirror of what's going on inside of you. Number one. Number two, anything exogenous to us that triggers us, fear, hurt, pain, frustration, sadness, anger, is an opportunity to look at the emotion or place in ourselves to be healed. We have everything we need. Peace, joy, and calmness and harmony and love are not external. Your ability to forgive and release the past and release the misunderstanding is parallel to your current ability to forgive yourself. Release your past and release where you've been misunderstood. Number three, sometimes the most godly and spiritual people around you or that you have, quote, looked up to are actually the biggest hindrance to your growth. The Lord is trying to expose something and point out something to heal by taking you towards perfection and completeness in Him not on the coattails of another, others you've looked to, are following God and showing a place and space, and it's touching you in the same spot that it always has. But you were not realizing that He, Yahweh, has moved and is doing something different in you. So you end up in a spin cycle instead of moving on and into your next phase. I'm gonna pause there before we get to number four. That's why this is a 10-part series. And I said from the start, we're gonna present some information. We're not saying we have all the answers. We're just giving you a roadmap. We're showing you how to drive the vehicle. Here's the brake, here's the gas, here's the clutch, here's the steering wheel. Here's where you put the key in. Now go, fly, be free. Don't rely on us. Don't rely on anyone else at some point because Holy Spirit wants to move you to the next level and to the next level. Number four, 
you know, it's interesting that these came before the whole pandemic because uh, these really got exposed. I, I watched it. We don't like pain. However, maybe it's a beautiful thing to sit in the pain, to rest, to trust, to wait, to accumulate his goodness, strengthening us. Instead of getting out of something, why not become something? Actually, the seeming negative circumstances are an answer to our heart's cry and prayers. We didn't realize it came wrapped in pain and suffering. Are you able to see the demonic not as something against us, but as something allowed to show us what's within us as a blessing? God's not fighting the demonic. He laughs, and so should we. Number five, how will we know the comforter if we are looking to things outside of us? That the comforter is always with us, that is closer than our breath, that doesn't want instant gratification to ease the pain, but wants to walk with us in the midst of it. Last one. Maybe by our advice, at times we have led people back into their wilderness. Instead of being silent and holding them, we've been guilty of easing others' pain instead of saying, quote, you need to just sit with it, quote. Not listen to anyone else, but discover who you are and who Yahweh is for you. Before we move into kind of the main points, let's just pause and say, why are we doing this again? Why am I sharing these things? They're not so that I can get something off my chest or so, ooh, you need to know this. It's to open us up, to allow Holy Spirit, to allow whatever circumstances to clean the natural pipes and pathways that we have within ourselves. We desire to hear and to communicate on a daily, hourly, moment by moment space with our Creator. It's natural and normal, and that's where we're all moving towards. So these things that I'm sharing, some of them I'm like, I don't even know why I'm sharing them actually, just to be honest with you. Uh, but I know his voice, and I know it's going to reach some of you in places that you need. All right, here we go. First, who is God? Really? Now you're going to expect some big answer, or ooh, he's going to clear it all up. Mm -mm. There's something in us that thinks that there's wrath, there's anger, there's all those pieces that aligned with that. There's death, there's condemnation, there's all those things. But it's actually misunderstanding of how those words are used, and it actually is 
some of the stories, especially in the Bible, are not saying this is who God is. They're, especially in the Old Testament, they're man's description of what they believed was happening in that moment. And you're going to see that actually in a verse here in just a second. But most of you actually get this. He is love. When you move past the spirit realm, past, um, there's certain layers that you only get through through Jesus into heaven. The frequency is love. It's the highest good that we know we want. I'm going to help you see that just a little bit. So, we believe that we're also separated, which isn't true either. We're separated in our soul from understanding that. And instead of understanding that it's in us, in our perception, we then, what, blame someone else. We've all grown up with parents and of some type or somebody who raised us, and we have some frustrations at them. But as you get older, you realize, wow, they were doing the best they could do, and wow, some of that was me. And it's the same with the Lord, but he's all good. <laughs> so a lot of it's just the perception that we got raised, the decisions we made, the framework that we had. So. There's two trees, tree of knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life. So this is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What's interesting is the fruit is good and evil. You're trying to do what's right. You're trying to make it happen. You're trying to do this. But the problem is you don't realize, like, the other side of the fruit has a consequence. And you know where it says um, there was a flaming sword, uh, so you couldn't go back into the garden. At least that's what it kind of says or was inferred. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. There's a flaming sword because as we move back to living under the tree of life, which we have access to, the sword actually kills the things so that we can actually go into that space and that place. There's some things that can't and are not meant to be in the heavenly garden. So, tree of life. Ooh, mystical, all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, it kind of is. But at the same time, it's practical. And even in the scriptures, it says, here's the fruit of the Spirit. So, I'm going to describe the nine fruit of the Spirit for you. And so, instead of outcomes that we look at, say, oh, we want to judge the fruit or all that kind of stuff, what I'm saying is, hey, look inside and say, what fruit are in me? So, love. What's the opposite of love? Fear or hate? Joy. What's the opposite of joy? Depression, misery. Peace. What's the opposite? Discord or frustration. One of my favorites, patience. What's the opposite? Anxious or agitation. And here's what 
little nugget here. These things are actually in heaven. And what we try to do, we try to manipulate tree of knowledge of good and evil so that we receive those, those things. We're meant to feed on those things. And yet, we try to do them externally by controlling our circumstances. Wrong tree. Now those are the first four. The next five really are how we relate to man and ourselves down in this realm. Kindness, or another word. Remember these are Aramaic and Greek words. Kindness and tenderness. What's the opposite of that? Harshness or animosity. Goodness. What's the opposite of that? Evil, cruel, or corrupt. Now you can, and there's people watching this all over the world, and so English is not your native language. So translate these into words that you would use. Faith. What's the opposite of faith? Suspicious. Being a skeptic or doubt. Humility and gentleness. What's the opposite? Arrogance, pride, or callousness. And another one of my favorites, endurance or long-suffering. And the opposite of that is lethargy, apathy, or idleness. And when you look at those, let me read the list and then say, this is the fruit of our Father. This is the fruit of being tapped into Yahweh. When you're tapped into the vine, you can't help but produce these things in your life. And you know who the number one person? Don't try to give this stuff away. Chew on it yourself. It's your energy. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, tenderness, goodness, faith, humility, gentleness, endurance, and long-suffering. That is the best description I have of who Yahweh is, of who God is. He isn't, and I'm using he, it's just a term, she. God doesn't produce those. He is those. Here's another little story that helps me. It's an old Disney movie called The Prince and the Pauper. And what it is is two boys, babies, and were born in a kingdom, and they were the, the princes that were born. And they got separated at birth somehow. I don't even remember the story. And one got moved into the slums, and one lived in the king's palace. And the story is somehow they knew something was different and they ended up swapping 
and the pauper ended up in the kingdom and the one who was the king child ended up getting switched because they were identical. And what I love about that story is this. We were born as kings and yet we moved into the slums and what we did, we knew there was something good. We knew there was a kingdom and we were suffering on this side of the gate and we learned how to survive. We learned how to do all these things and we learned how to make it and grit and grime and all that. When in actuality, there's a gate that's just open. We can take ourselves. We don't have to clean a single thing up because it is who we are. It's in our frequency DNA. We can go into the kingdom. They will clean us up. Everything is provided for. We are lavished upon. And what happens is this process, we're actually just learning, saying, I, I, I think I'm supposed to be on that side of the fence. And, and we're convincing ourselves of those things. And it's, it's okay, it's a cool process because we've learned all these things living in the slums. But now you get to step in and go, really, is he that good? Is it that good? Wow, how does that work? Because you're actually born on this side and you're moving back to who you already were, your birthright. Now the best one of all, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus and Christ, two different words. But we're going to look at verses in Hebrews to actually bring this out. Remember I said there's a certain point where there's only one gate. And there's amazing stuff you can do all the way in the spirit realm and deal with all this like manifestation, healing, signs, wonders, levitate, you know, transport, uh, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's not living in heaven and that's actually not, uh, it's not even miraculous. It's just who we are because we're created as kids. What I'm saying is there's a gate that takes you into another realm that you were always meant to be, you already have access to. So let me read you these verses. So first off, it's just Hebrews 1 to 3, and this is going to take a little time, and that's why this is going to be a long one that you can just stop, pause, and listen. All right, and this is from the Amplified. And Amplified just means they took a translation of... Let's see, it's Hebrew, so it would be Aramaic and Greek. And then added some words to it to try to explain it. It's amplified. That's all it means. Hebrews 1, verse 3. The Son, Jesus, is the radiance and only expression of the glory of God and the exact representation and perfect imprint of his essence, the Father, and upholding and maintaining and propelling all things by his powerful 
frequency, voice, word. When he had accomplished purification from sins and established our, you and me, freedom from guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. I've talked to people, and you probably have too. I don't dig all the Bible, but the Jesus, I get that guy. <laughs> and what Hebrews is saying is like, yep, they're exactly right. It's Jesus. Here's some of my thoughts that came to me about this. At your core, you are the absolute frequency of love and purity from heaven. He, the Father, well, actually Father, Son, and Spirit, exuded you out of love. You agreed with Yahweh, and you were the perfect, complete expression. This process is awakening to this. Not trying to become something or to change, but more of a giving up and a falling into. You can't not get there, double negative. Like, you are going to get there. It's just at what pace you're going to get there. You can't, even if you're living in the slums, even if you look at your neighbor and say, oh my gosh, what? Yeesh, they're, they're just like evil. They're doing all these horrible things. Like, oh no, no. Same thing. They were birthed from the Father. They're just living in the framework that they've been brought up in and haven't awakened to who they are that they can go through the gate and live as a king and a prince. Next one, and this is from the Passion Translation. And this section is called, Jesus, the Language of God. And this is Hebrews 1, 2, and 3. Throughout history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. I'm going to pause there. Many of you have read all sorts of different religious books, and some that were, you know, older. And this is a funny one to me, like, oh, this was written before the Bible. Well, duh, the Bible was written a certain time. But, like, uh, Jesus was way before all that and all that kind of stuff. So, like, that, that's kind of irrelevant. What I'm saying is God spoke through a lot of those people. There's good stuff. So much you're going to read in the Bible if you've read Sanskrit and all these different uh, Ugaric and I don't know if I said it right, but anyway, you get it. All those type of things, like you're going to find the same principles. Why? Because God spoke to those people. But it's not the Bible underwritten in blood. All right, next part. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time. That's what I'm talking about. It was a fragment building one truth upon another. But to us living in these days now, God now speaks to us openly in, in the language of his son, the appointed heir of everything. In other words, he was the son. For through him, God created the panorama of all things and all times. See, it was like the Old Testament, they didn't get it right. It is the Bible. But he's like, okay, now is the appointed time. Jesus showed up. The sun, in the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact 
expression of God's true nature, His mirror image. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of His spoken word. He accomplished for us the complete cleansing of our sins. And I've said this before, what sins? Errors, mistakes, your DNA, your death, anything that's after for you. He paid for all that. And then he took his seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the majestic one. Jesus is the expression, the exact mirror of the Father. And it's through that lens, through Jesus, if you're going to go read the Bible, Look at it through the lens of Jesus. And I told you how to do that from the tree of life. All nine fruit of the Spirit. And you're going to begin to see things differently. And more importantly, as you feed yourself, here's how it works. Under the shadow, you, when it's so hot, you go under the tree to what? Get shade. What happens when the fruit fall? I get my energy. I get that. And what is that fruit? The fruit is sustenance for the moment, but it's a seed. So as I am under the shadow of the tree of life, I eat of those things in the heavenly realm. It sustains me. It gives me energy. It gives me life. And then it becomes a seed in me that grows. And the more I move out from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, trying to manipulate, grab, make it happen, and rest under the tree, it naturally produces fruit in you. All right, I was hoping to <laughs> squeeze this all into one, but I got a little worked up there. So we're going to call that done for the moment and continue uh, part two in the next one.